Welcome to Dyslexics Wanted, produced by the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia. This is Jordan Rich. This podcast celebrates the unique strengths and creativity so often the hallmark of people with dyslexia. Today's guest is John Ronaldo. He wrote to us to say he always wanted to write a book, but he had this thing called dyslexia. And this disability and this learning disability limited him from doing many things because he felt he wasn't smart enough. But after many years of hard work, he was able to write and publish his first book. We'll talk about it. It's called Surviving COVID-19. Being alone was the best COVID-19 medicine. John Ronaldo's story is one of hope and certainly resilience. And we're thrilled he's agreed to join us here on Dyslexics Wanted to share his story. John, first of all, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it when folks reach out and want to share their story. It makes our jobs a whole lot easier and we get a lot of great feedback. So welcome. Nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Where is John right now as we speak? I'm in Pennsylvania in the Lancaster area. Okay. Are you a native of that area by any chance? No, I'm actually a Canadian. Now that you said Canadian, I'll be listening for any traces of the Canadian accent, eh? Let's talk about your uh, growing up with dyslexia that, you know, so many people are, are dealing with it, have dealt with it. How did it uh, manifest itself in your life, John? So uh, my parents are Italian, uh, immigrated in like the 1960s. I was born in Canada, Vancouver. And for the first three years, I didn't speak. Um, it was um, said that I would not say a word. They thought I was a mute. But in my household, Italian was predominantly Italian spoken. And there's usually two dialects, depending on what regions. And my parents did have two different dialects. So I was learning two different dialects, two different languages in the home from a similar language. And then when I went to school, obviously that turned into a difficult challenge for me. And from there, English was a little harder for me to understand, uh, harder to speak. So the fact that you didn't speak for three years, I mean, that would be pretty concerning to anybody. Uh, did your parents take you somewhere to get you examined and figured out what was going on? Actually, no. The first couple of years, it, we're talking about the 1970s, right? Early 1970s, where education was still the formal, traditional, you got to learn this regardless how it is. Then eventually they started getting an influx of immigrants into the country, and then they had realized there was some learning disabilities. So the first two years or three years in elementary school was a normal traditional stuff. Eventually, I mean, eventually I started speaking English, started picking it up, uh, but reading and writing was always a challenge. And about grade three, they started to create these little programs for individuals like myself. They had a special tutor, but they called them special teachers. So you're a special, going to a special teacher, and then you would spend a couple hours a day with her and you go through the basic understanding of of words and languages mm -hmm. and sentences and spelling and all that kind of stuff i wasn't grasping it for some reason and so as the years went on it got they quickly realized that i was not picking it up and i wasn't advancing like the rest of the school would and then they put me back a year because they thought that was better for my development because i was born in august so their felt was they felt that because i was born in august i was an early like I was still not developed. So they felt that if I went back one year, that I would catch up. Well, it didn't really help my, didn't really help me because I felt that I was rejected mm -hmm. overall person as a kid. The psychological ramifications are brutal as we've heard over and over again. Were you alone in the class with this issue or were there colleagues and classmates who also were dealing with dyslexia? 
So in that case there, I was the only one that was dealing with it. So, but then as my, so as I was going through this process, it got to a point where I got further ahead in the, in the education program, elementary, about grade five, I think it was, or grade four, they, they decided to take me out of the normal class and put me into a special school. And that was across the, across the city. So I, so all my friends and families and all that, that I would, that I was familiar with, which was only a block away to go, I'm now taking a bus ride for that a public bus ride at the age, at grade five, which was what age eight, nine, something like that, mm. across the across the city, an hour going somewhere else to go to for education. So, a complete shock, uh, complete different lifestyle because I'm dealing with different people. It was more an upper class type area. I'm now dealing with, uh, you know, a di- little bit of diversity issues. I'm dealing with uh, uh, trying to belong, uh, never really fitting in, and then also being put in a special school or the special class within a normal school. It just, you just got the stigma. What about family at home? I mean, you, you mentioned your folks were immigrants and so forth, but were they able to sort of grasp what was happening? Did they work closely with the school department? What kind of support did you get from home? Oh, my mom was full, 100% there all the way. Great. Uh, because she wanted the best for us. So my dad, I mean, I remember they're getting education, uh, trying to get me into after-school education, for example, tutors and things like that to help me with education. Uh, but I think the damage was done earlier on because I always felt that education, I always felt education was never going to be something for me. Like I would never amount to anything other than just be a laborer, more or less. Mm -hmm. Construction, Mm -hmm. that's all I would do. And that's going to be my life. So my life was basically chosen to me at a very young age. And that was the era that I was going to go with, or that was the direction I was going to go in. Was there a turning point, a crossing point, a better understanding of your path? So through high school, it actually happened in grade seven where I had enough of enough. I had enough of the special classes. I had enough being this this kid. And um, I marched into the principal's school, principal's office, and I said, no more of this. I want to be a normal child. I want to live in a normal, I want to live normal. I want to have a normal school. I want to have a, I mean, just the fact of sitting in a classroom and looking outside the window, that was all I wanted. Because where I was, there was no windows. You were in a cubicle. You were confined. You were in a solitary situation. And that's where you studied. That's where you learned. And, you, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't hard. It wasn't harsh like that. But there wasn't really much of a normal class. And that's what I was seeking at grade 7. So they finally put me in a grade – and then the teacher – uh, actually welcomed it, helped me, M- Mr. Warner, he was a really good, a good guy, and he helped me out, got me into class. I mean, I didn't, I still struggled, don't get me wrong, but um, he helped. That's sort of a mentor to begin with. Right. I want to pick up on something you said, John, and that is you took the initiative to say, I want out. And that's a pretty difficult thing to do when you're dealing with, you know, adults, and also when you're you know, dealing with your dyslexia to say, I've had enough, I want out, I want to get back to some sense of normalcy. It was tough. I remember just before all that, I was I was in fights every single day mm. because of the differences. You know, I was dealing with kids who came from a higher 
uh, social life, more or less, you know. And I came from an immigrant part of the town, uh, the rough part of town, and I was going into a nice classical, you know, or classy area. And so kids looked at me kind of weird, and, and every day was a fight. I just had enough of that um, confrontation, I guess is the best way to put it, because I felt that if I was normal like them, they wouldn't pick on me anymore. John, you have made a success of your life. We'll talk about the work as a writer. I think that's fabulous. Tell me and tell the audience a bit more about what life was like uh, when you finished public school. What happened then? Where did you go from there? So there I went. I traveled to Europe for about a year just to kind of just find myself, figuring what I'm going to do next, more or less. Came back home, and I started working in construction and became a, a pipe fitter. Like I, like I said, I thought my destiny was going to be in construction. And, uh, you know, obviously that wasn't wasn't so because I got into a serious uh, working compensation uh, accident that uh, prevented me from working in that industry again. So I had to go back to school. And the only thing I had to go back to school was go back to university. And then knowing that my education wasn't as strong as the other college kids and non-traditional students, I spent a lot of time in English classes. And one of the things that happened during that time, another person came along my life was a professor who recognized something that I was a little learning a little differently and not understanding what was I learning. And so she took me aside. She started to ask certain questions about my public school uh, career and then quickly said, you know, we need to get some testing done and stuff like that. And that's really the first time I understood I had dyslexia because as a child, that wasn't really truly diagnosed. It was more or less that I had a learning disability. That's all it was. And that I just needed to learn. I just needed to apply myself harder. I needed to understand better. I needed to focus. I needed to do all that. But when I went when I went to college, it was a different experience. It was more like, we're here to help. We're here to understand your needs. And this is how we can help you. This is how you can learn. This, they, they started teaching me how to, how to learn. They started teaching me how to study. They said, you know, you have to stay a little more than other people because, you know, you have to retain this a little differently. So it took took some time. And I went back to college, and I got a degree not just in poli-sci but in history. I focused on areas I really, really enjoyed. And that was that was amazing mm-hmm. for myself. It was Let, an accomplishment I never expected. Uh, congratulations on all counts. Um, I guess the, the thing is when you know what it is that you're dealing with and there's a name for it. Oh, yeah. Because once I knew, then it would made things easier because now everything made sense. Everything <laughs> aligned, you know. Then you started understanding that dyslexia wasn't, wasn't a learning disability. It was just a, a different way of learning. That's how I kind of thought. That's how I thought. It was like, okay, I'm a lot more creative. You know, I'm a lot more visual. I'm a lot more, you know, hearing and seeing and, and you know, touching and feeling versus a 100% academic where I'm reading and writing all the time. Now, that kind of changed over the years, but it took, it took four years in college to really help me grow my, uh, help me become a better student, but also a better person to understand, you know, the, just, it just took time during that process, which, which I'm grateful for. One might think that a dyslexic, anyone dealing with this, the last thing that he or she wants to take on is writing a book. 
<laughs> Let's talk a little bit about where this desire comes from and uh, and how you actually did it. And we'll we'll certainly plug the book for you. Thank you. Um, so writing has always been something I always wanted to. I've always done uh, throughout my life. I'd say more and more in my adult life than my my youth. But I always felt that I was a good writer or I had a good imagination to write and then about telling stories. But what came across was Hemingway. I was reading Hemingway one day and uh, far and away. And he became like, so I started reading his sentences and they're almost run on sentence. And I'm thinking mm. to myself, this guy's, you know, you know, his wordings and his phrases and the descriptions are just so long. And, you know, there's a lot of issues, you know, a lot of people would take issues with his writing, but it was an eye opener for me because I was like, well, here's a famous writer writing this way. I may not be him, but I can definitely write similar fashions, if not whatever, whatever, whatever that can be. So then I, I started off with my first book, which was about my childhood and where I grew up and dealing with some of my dyslexia issues and my learning disabilities. And that has not been published. And because I didn't feel it was, it was time to publish it. And then I came across another opportunity where I started to watch some videos about writing. And it just inspired me to say, you know, I can do this. And I was determined to write and put it together. And I uh, found uh, a, co a writer to help me. And I would draft up a, a book. I would draft up the, the book. And the best I could, and put it, put out a can, and then she would go in and help me uh, clean it up. Is the best way to put it. Not, not like a true editor, but someone to help. We would work together on the book. But it was all me putting it together, and then she's just making suggestions on how to right. make it right in in the right in the reading way. Make it less confusion. I guess mm -hmm. is the you know because dyslexia can be very difficult at times because. I wrote one book, a radio memoir, a few years ago, and boy, did I need help because writing a book is a huge mountain to climb. So congratulations. Now, you've written another book that is published, that is available. It's called yes. Surviving COVID-19, Being Alone Was the Best COVID-19 Medicine. All right. Can you share with us a quick story as yeah, to what so, that's all about? Yeah, that story is really about taking advantage of COVID. I mean, the pandemic really gave you an opportunity to, uh, to learn how to live alone. Because we're in a society that is overstimulated by TV, by by a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's very hard to sit back and just live and find comfort with yourself. Over that period of time, that's really where I found a lot of a lot of my strength as a person, and um, you know, spiritually, mentally, I started to become a lot more self-aware of who I am, what I'm doing, and the purpose of what I'm doing. And so during that period of time, I was like, you know, I can write a book about this and just kind of like, you know, be part of this, um, like a positive response to a negative response, more or less. Very kind of you. You're donating a portion of your sales, the Audible sales, to help kids with dyslexia. The messaging in the book is aimed at anyone, but particularly people like yourself who've gone through this and are dealing with any kind of challenge. It's, a, it's an eye-opener, I'm told. You know... When you live alone and you don't have family or friends to um, help you, there's a lot of limitations. There's a lot of um, uncertainties, fear, uh, anxieties, you know. And so as you, you know, I don't care any human 
will feel those. And it really depends on how you overcome those, those challenges. John, as you reflect on your life to this point, you realize people with dyslexia, and you're one of them, have talents that may not show up on the traditional scale, but come out. And when they're allowed to blossom, they are amazing. I mean, we've talked with scientists, inventors, uh, musicians, writers like yourself, uh, artists, visual and otherwise. There is an amazing ability for humans to do incredible things, no matter what the label. Reflect a little bit on that in your own life and how you're living proof of that and you know what it's meant to be able to realize a dream of writing a book. I'll tell you this, it wasn't easy to get here. There was a lot of um, curves and a lot of uh, unknowns, and it, there's a lot of challenge. And especially for someone who's dyslexic, it has, there's a lot more. They have to do more. They have, it's not about just doing more. It's about proving that they're not what society thinks that they are. And that was really what it was all about me was, was I mean, I remember the grade six, someone says, I would never amount to more than a dishwasher. Hmm. And that really made me mad. And that's why probably grade seven, that's why grade seven, I said, I had enough of this. But, you know, getting education was a proof that I wasn't dumb. Getting, writing a book was a proof that I wasn't dumb. Having some success through my life was proof that I wasn't dumb. Even though people would not know that I had dyslexia, they would have a feeling that I had some type of learning disability. It was more of proving my past that I wasn't dumb. And that's where a lot of my energy comes from. And now as I look, full, look forward, I don't use that same energy like I have in the past because that's a really more of like a negative energy. I look at more as, you know, how can I help others understand what I have? And don't get me wrong, in, in my professional world, uh, people question my dyslexia. And I would say, look, I get dyslexia. You know, I do mix up words. I mix up stuff. But it is what it is. And, and usually most people are pretty cool about it. You know, there's a little chuckle here and there about it, and I don't really, it doesn't bother me as, as it was when I was a lot younger. Now I just look at it as, you know, you know, my writing, my experience, I want to teach others that this is possible and that this is not, you don't have to sit in your classroom or listen to someone who wants to diminish you as a person because you're, you're just as good as they are, um, if not better. In some ways, because you have, I, I think having dyslexia in a lot of ways was a blessing for me, because it made me a better person in so many different ways. I got to experience people. Um, I got to ride. Well, give me a quick story. I, I rode an Easter Seal bus, which was people with all sorts of disabilities, physical, mental, you name it. It was all. And I got to do sign language with a deaf girl. You know, who'd ever had an opportunity to do that? That's a different language. You know, I got to learn about different ways to learn about languages. I got to start to travel and experience history and, and life. So it's maybe wasn't the easy path for me, but getting here was more of a proof that I can do it. Which makes you the perfect inspirational figure for many listening to this podcast. That's why we're thrilled you joined us on Dyslexics Wanted. I'll just close with this. For you to impart advice on that young 
kid in sixth grade or seventh grade or the young parents of children who are dealing with dyslexia get a diagnosis? Any parting words of advice beyond what you've already said? No, when I look back, I think about all those moments. Even though you feel like you're in the valley and you're fighting it through and you think you have nobody to help you, really it's about trying to, there's people there that'll help you. And as long as you take their advice, work through the system, work through your disability, you can achieve as well. You can achieve greatness. It's all within you and no one can stop you. Excellent message. John, thank you for reaching out and thank you for sharing conversation. Uh, and also thank you for that great beard and hair. Man, you are killing it. If people could see you and they'll see your picture on the site, <laughs> they'll know that you look like a movie star, man. Good for you. Congratulations. And uh, we know that a lot of people will want to read the book. Appreciate it. And thanks for listening to Dyslexics Wanted. Please feel free to contact us at our new web address, dyslexicswanted.org. That's dyslexicswanted.org. We welcome guest or topic suggestions. We want to share your story. Dyslexics Wanted is a production of the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia.